Hi Chinuch Show is brought to you by King David Schools, the cornerstone of our community for 75 years. Why compromise on a Jewish education when your child needs a remedial school? At King David Ariel, world-class facilities, expert teachers and therapists, and multidisciplinary therapies during the school day are a given. All this, while immersed in a Jewish environment, is a privilege. Our children benefit from integrated social, sporting, and cultural activities with Victory Park Primary while still receiving the support they need to gain confidence and thrive when they mainstream. Don't compromise. Give your child first prize in Jewish remedial education at King David Area. 101.9 We are back as we do every Monday between 2 to 3 and even when half of us are not back we are back and even when you know this is a time of year that we're starting to chill and enjoy and rest and relax we are here full speed because every opportunity we have to learn, grow, achieve we will take so Today, we have a very fascinating topic, which I'll get to shortly, but beforehand, anything you want to comment, you want to share, you want to add, 34519 is the SMS line, 0618951019 is the telegram, or you could even call, because we're chilled, and it's December, and why not, 0870551818. Today's show is going to be very interesting, and I'll share with you why it's different. Those of you who listen to the show quite often, um, which is, thank God, a lot of you, know that generally I have in the show a few guests at a time and we have discussions. And a few weeks ago, I was speaking about finances and how realistic we are and what is happening um, with our financial realistic planning and our financial journey and where it comes into life. And I felt in the show that the people I was speaking to were so qualified and had so much to share that actually we couldn't even get close to know everything that we needed to. And therefore, I've approached one of the guests at the time, who his name is Liron Mazor, which you know from uh, some quite some time ago that had his own show here in Haifem. And I approached him and I asked him, would he come back on his own to the show? And the reason I wanted him back on the show is because I felt like we haven't even touched anything in that show which I will share a bit of the feedback and things that have, I did get from the show from listeners, uh, which I think we need to discuss a bit deeper. So today it's just going to be us, me and Liron speaking, and obviously you. Anything financial question you have, anything you want to add, share 34519 is the SMS line, or 0618951019, unless you feel like, nah, finances are great, I don't need, I have no concerns, I'm all good, then you could maybe just send us a message to say, all good. However, going into the discussion, there's quite a few topics uh, that w- I would love to see with Liron about um, managing uh, our f- you know, financial desires together with our religious desires and where it comes into play and, and, you know, working, earning versus volunteering versus, you know, all of the complications we have with our financial situations, as well as going a bit more into where is the world heading? What are we teaching our teenagers? So I've talked so much and then I'm going to complain that we don't have time. So that's ridiculous on my side. So let's go right into it. Good afternoon, Liron. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, Rabbi. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Okay, so just to remind, if there's by miracle someone who doesn't know yet you yet, you are a financial advisor? I'm a financial okay. advisor. I've got my own practice. It's called Greengrass Wealth Management. It's based in South Africa. It's uh, 20 years old. Uh, I actually currently live in Israel, and I run the practice from here. Okay, so going into that discussion, and, and I think it's important to say, if I may say, that you are a 
Jewish religious men. Is that a fair statement? Good. Yes, so how does, okay. Now I was, I, I know, I didn't know about the listeners. Okay. So now, considering all of that, where does, let's dive straight into the balance of our wish to do good in the world and volunteer and share and desire and our need to make money and finances. We, we know that generally people that work in specific fields feel that they're doing a good service for the world, which they are. They're making the world a better place to live in, and they want to give their services for people that can't <coughs> afford, or for people that don't have the ability to enjoy, and they feel like almost, how can I not share this wisdom or ability or help with somebody who can't? At the same time, are they neglecting themselves? Are they being realistic? What are you finding in that area? Uh, Rabbi, I think that's a very good question. And if you don't mind, I'm going to take it a bit more to the side and then come back to answer your question. Pleasure. And and I think it's important to understand maybe the fundamentals of, of wealth creation. And when we talk about the fundamentals, you know, there's different fundamentals that we can speak about. Um, I'm in the process of busy creating an online course. I've been doing it for a while and um, trying to just sort of take all my thoughts that I've had for so many years and consolidate them together. And the course really focuses on three different aspects. It's all about wealth creation, and that's why it's important that we understand the foundations first. And then from there, we can come back and answer your question. Because I think by understanding the foundations and then referring back to these foundations, each one of the questions you ask will have some sustenance and something to fall back onto. So if I had a look at, and I know we've spoken a bit about this in Let's start from scratch. I'm happy to start from scratch. What is the wealth okay, foundation? Great. What do we need to know and to create wealth? Okay, great. So, so uh, I'm just hesitating a bit because where this all came about is I went through my own difficulty. I'm not going to go into too much detail about it now, but it's uh, this has been a journey of me trying to discover why is it that some people close to me have become exceptionally wealthy, and for example, people like myself have had to go through a lot of financial difficulty and take a long time to try and really build themselves up. How come it came easy to others and not so easy to me? And through that, I found out, or for my, my interpretation of wealth creation, is broken down into three different building blocks. A Torah perspective, a practical perspective, and a metaphysical perspective. From a Torah perspective, we need to understand one thing. Everything comes from Hashem. It's all about emunah. It's learning to be happy with what you've got. The next step is gratitude and making sure that you're always turning around and thanking Hashem. I'm going to come back to it. I'm just going to give you the overview, and then we can go into it in a bit more detail. Okay. The next is a practical step. There's We spoke about it in our last session. There's a money formula that says 10% of what you earn goes to savings, 10% to charity, 20% you live off, and 20% goes to paying off debt, and 60% is what you live off. And that formula actually has got a second stage, but I don't want to go into it at this particular point in time. And metaphysical is an idea that many people have heard about from the book called The Secret, where what we think about becomes our reality. I've used these three building blocks because I think it's something that people can relate to. But it all boils down to the same thing. And you'll see I started off from a Torah perspective. Right. Because that, Why? that's the essence of it answering all your questions. 
Isn't it interesting because you started off with, uh, you know, emuna and odaa, and then you go to how to manage your money. But if it's really about the belief and the trust in Hashem, where does that come in with the practical side of making money? And um, I think the level that we're at in our lifetimes, I don't think we're able to reach the high level of what true emuna and bitachon means, where we can literally turn around and say I have complete 100% in Hashem. There's an amazing uh, saying that I got from a, a rabbi by the name of Rabbi Arush. He wrote the Garden of Emunah, the Garden of Gratitude, etc. And, and I've become very close to him. And I'm going to read it to you because this in essence sums it all up. And the first thing is as follows. Emunah is that Hashem is close to me always. Hashem always loves me. And things are getting better and better. Now, that means that there's nothing bad in the world. We might view it as bad. But at that, at that particular point while we're going through it, but we might not understand that towards the end or later times in life, we might realize the good that it's brought into our lives. So, but before, we do need to take an ad break, but before that, I'm going to say to any of our listeners, if you're, if you feel that what, uh, Liron is saying is challenging and you want to challenge him, and I'm with him on the same page and I'm happy to uh, support that and, and answer, send in your SMS, send in your question, challenge this, see where you're finding it difficult with your way of making money with you are if, are you feeling that it's clashing with the way you need to put into work or not um, you know you're only talking a lot about Emuna but we also have the Ishtadlut and which we'll have to get to and, and you know the investment into how to make that money so 34519 is the SMS line Telegram 0618951019 please let's hear from you a quick announcement the High Chinuch Show is brought to you by King David Schools the cornerstone of our community for 75 years why compromise on a Jewish education when your child needs a remedial school? At King David Ariel, world-class facilities, expert teachers and therapists, and multidisciplinary therapies during the school day are a given. All this, while immersed in a Jewish environment, is a privilege. Our children benefit from integrated social, sporting, and cultural activities with Victory Park Primary, while still receiving the support they need to gain confidence and thrive when they mainstream. Don't compromise. Give your child first prize in Jewish remedial education at King David Ariel. 101.9. We are back in a fascinating discussion. I'm here with Liron Mazor, who is a financial advisor, and speaking about how to create wealth, and he's been doing this in his offices here in South Africa for 20 years, and we were talking right before the break about the three parts that you've put together. The first one is a spiritual, the second one is how to manage your money and divide it into the parts, and then the metaphysics of it. So, you spoke about the spiritual part right as the beginning. And you mentioned that every person needs to take a certain percent of what they earn for a saving, for charity, and for the rest for living of. Is it realistic for everybody? Um, it's definitely realistic for everybody. It's about a matter of how important it is to you. So if you had to look at it from a value, from a value system, in terms of what are your top 10 values, uh, for some people it could be spending time with family, it could be being out in nature, um, it could be whatever it is. But if money is not up there as one of the top 10, you'll never be able to do it because it's not that important for you. You know, it's like uh, I use the analogy of going to a shuk in Israel, is that there's always one person that's screaming the loudest. And I, I always say to, to my family, you know, sometimes from a business perspective, it's the person that shouts the loudest that sometimes gets the, gets the business at the end of the day. And, and the reason they do that is because it's high on their value system. Now, the question is, is it high on your value system? And if it's not, 
what could you do? Maybe it is on your, uh, it is high, but you just feel that you lack the tools, which is perfect. Uh, but I, I believe everybody can do it. But if somebody is earning 20 grand a month and their expenses are 30, how do they send to save 10%? <clears throat> okay, I think it's a great question, and obviously you can't potentially start off with the 10%. There's a reason that the formula works. I'm going to give you the background behind us, and, and then we can build onto some ideas of this person with 20,000 Rand and how do they potentially maybe either earn more um, or, or try and shift themselves. But the idea is as follows. When you don't have money at, at the moment, the way humans have been built, is that you, you, your, your actual self-esteem is quite low. The more money you get, the better you actually start feeling about yourself. And the better you feel about yourself, the more you get your self-worth is, is increased. The more your self-worth is increased, the more you're able to ask for who you are, for, for what you want in terms of whether you're selling a service or whether you are employed somewhere. The more self-worth you've got and the better skill set you've got, the more you're able to grow in life itself. And, and that's the idea of trying to set the savings so that you slowly step by step start that you're able to shift into a better place where you're actually feeling better about yourself and have more confidence. And I know that might sound strange, and for some people that might say, cheese, but, you know, money is not the, the money is the root of all evil, etc. You know, that can't be such a good thing. Look at other wealthy people. And I think the most important lesson that we can learn about money is love the good that money can do. If you're struggling with anything around money, just remember that saying, because I find that immediately shifts everything. Why do we find subconsciously that, or maybe we don't, that m- having money or craving money or working for money makes you a sl- selfish person or a, or, or a bad person or inconsiderate person? I think sometimes that's what's been portrayed in, on TV. I think sublimely we picked up a lot of uh, references from that. Um, I think some people have looked at wealthy people and thought, geez, you know, they... Uh, very quick to show off their money. They don't really have patience to give to people that need. And I think a lot of jealousy. Uh, you know, it, it's very difficult when somebody next to you is doing exceptionally well and you aren't. Uh, you know, again, it, firstly, it affects your self-confidence. You think, geez, why does he do so well and I don't? And sometimes it makes us feel better to say, well, he must be a bad person. Therefore, money is bad. I must be a good person. Therefore, so it's really a money. choice, what you're saying. You could look at your neighbor who's doing so much better and you could say, a, you know, why is he doing it's unfair, he must be a bad person, or I'm a, a failure, whatever it is. Or you could look at him and say, oh, wow, he can do it, then I must do it, and I can do it myself as well. Exactly. Let's come back to our first foundation, the Torah perspective. We spoke about emona and gratitude and always being happy with what you've got. One of the secrets, if we can call it that, to creating wealth, is when you look at a wealthy person, to actually be happy for them, to be truly 100% happy for them, and to be happy with what you've got. Now, why is that important? How could you ever create more wealth if you're always going to have resentment towards wealthy people? How are you going to be able to turn around and say, geez, they've done well, I don't have it. Oh, they're this, this, and this. Or I can turn around and say, wow, look at what an amazing bracha Hashem has given this person. Look what amazing good he does. I'm so happy for them. Now, that allows you to get happy and be comfortable with what you've got. If you're not comfortable with what you've got, you can never be happy for other people. And then you're missing the essence of what we had to do. The essence of what we had to do, and I'm sharing with you as a rabbi because you know it, is one is we had to get closer to Hashem. And one of the best ways to do that is to be happy with what we've got, gratitude, and to be basimcha. Now, basimcha is probably the most difficult thing for any human being in the world to do. But it's a, a phenomenal guideline to keep working on in the day-to-day. Okay, so how do we take practically the first steps to start breaking out of this cycle? 
So the, the first step I would turn around and suggest that people listen to some of the daily WhatsApp groups. And I can try and send them to you. I'll just see if I've got the links. Um, I've got three different groups that, that I belong to, um, all on uh, daily MONA because I find that it's a, it's a daily work. Uh, and I find it really great. It lifts me up and gets my head in the right space. Okay. And also keeps my fundamentals right. So I, I'm always reminding myself everything comes from Hashem. I'm always grateful for it. I've got to be happy with what I've, what I've got. And I can go through different times in the day. And that's maybe why I have three, three different groups that I belong to. One's really long. It's about 15 minutes. The other's one minute normally. And the other one's about two and a half minutes. But I find it's a great way to just keep getting my head around the challenges potentially I've got, especially if I'm going through a difficult time. And also it's normal. I mean, the, the, the difficult times are there sort of to push us to get closer to Hashem. And, and that's ultimately what you're speaking about. Now, I know that sounds funny being coming from a financial advisor, but I, I, I said to you there's practical steps as well. And you've got to do the practical with the spiritual. Okay. So what are the practical steps that we need to look at? Okay. So the, the first thing that you have to do is you have to take responsibility. You can't turn around and, and let's maybe look at this uh, example of a person that's earning 20,000 rand. You, you've got two choices. Uh, you can either turn around and say, great, I can only earn 20,000 rand, that's what I've got. Or you've got to turn around and say, okay, well, either how can I go and earn more money? Maybe I can do something part-time. Um, I, I remember when I was going through my difficulties, I had a day job and I had an evening and a weekend job um, doing split prize. Um, which ultimately I then ended up taking over and opening up my own spitbar business, plus having a daytime job. That brought in extra income that helped me pay down any debt and starting to, to build up savings. As I built up more savings, I found that I shifted a bit more. I was then able to move into a different occupation, the one that I'm currently in at the moment, and, and that occupation has helped me to, to live the lifestyle that I currently live. I've still got my own set of challenges, as all of us do. Um, and, and I think that the, the essence of coming back to that first building block of Emona is knowing that everything is good. It's exactly that saying that I said to you, Hashem always loves me, everything's always good, and it's getting better and better. Okay, completely. So you, basically what you're saying is that when somebody is with the higher Emona, then they have the better self-esteem and they can actually charge and, and ask and demand whatever they, their self-worth is or they deserve for their profession. So I'd say yes, but it is also learning to be happy with what you've got. You know, it's a fine line. It's a bit of a juggling act, this, because on the one hand, we're not here to turn around and say, or from a Torah perspective, what the Torah teaches us is we're not here to turn around and say, well, I want all the wealth so I can buy this most amazing, beautiful boat and yacht and uh, fancy car and this, and there's nothing wrong with that. Why not? Why no, is nothing I, wrong? No, why, why not? If I want to and if somebody has the ability, let them enjoy. No, without a doubt. But the essence of what we have to do is to get closer to Hashem. And the okay. money that we've got is ordered to, to be able to do mitzvot and to give charity and to give tzedakah. So I'm saying the essence that we've got to do is just understand there's nothing wrong with having it. But that's not the essence. The essence is so, what good can I do with my money? So you're talking about staying focused in a way. I, I'm saying you've got to find a balance. You've got to enjoy life. You've got to find a balance. But at the same time, you've got to get your fundamentals right. It's a building block. So you somebody, can't run into that, I want to be a multimillionaire, but then not be prepared to give 10, 15 or 20 percent tzedakah. So when somebody's earning less than they're spending, first of all, just from your experience, people in that situation, do they generally actually know what's flying in their finances? Because you're talking about taking responsibility. I'm wondering if there isn't a step before and of clarity of what is actually so, happening. 
Yeah, great. So, so definitely clarity. Um, I, I'd say to you, the, the point when people learn to take responsibilities when they do a budget, because that, that then shows them exactly what's going on. It shows me a clear sign that it's at that particular point that the person's prepared to do what they need to do. Some people, because of their age, can't get additional occupations. Some can. Uh, you know, there's some retirees that I work with that are retired. They might not have exactly enough money at the moment, but they're now, for example, going into teaching jobs. So, so there's always different opportunities along the way that they can always find and, and get additional income. Uh, so, the, you know, I'm going to give you an, a fascinating analogy. I, I once climbed a mountain in South America called Aconcagua. And I, I remember when we got to um, a base camp two, the top of base camp two, which is the heart of Everest. Uh, not, not Everest, is the heart of um, Kilimanjaro. There was a wooden hut there. And in that wooden hut, they were selling um, hot chocolate and they, was, they were renting out tents. And I was just amazed that at a height where most people are feeling delirious or vomiting, that a person actually realized that there's a phenomenal buying up, a phenomenal business opportunity because here they are, you're too tired, you're prepared to pay anything. You know, you don't want to put up your own tent, you just want to get into a tent, you want to lie down and you want to try and get over your mountain sickness. Or you want to have chocolate just to keep yourself warm. And I'm thinking, like, if a person can do that, there, opportunities are everywhere. Completely. So when you talk about uh, taking responsibility, what does that look like? Taking responsibility is taking ownership. Firstly, it's saying, great, this is my problem. I don't have enough money. I've got one of two choices. Either I can downgrade and potentially move into somewhere smaller, or I can, uh, for example, rent out a room, or, uh, you know, I mean, there's hundreds of different opportunities, so I can either make what I've currently got a bit smaller, but at the same time, constantly thank Hashem for it. Because whatever you're going through, it's a test on your M19, a test of your connection with Hashem. And the more gratitude you can show, the closer you get to Hashem. And also, the more we say thank you, the more it turns everything around into being more positive. So that's step number one. Step number two is saying, okay, well, what other opportunities? Can I upskill myself that I can potentially earn more? What does that look like and how do I go about doing it? Are there potentially opportunities that I could work from home? Um, is there something I can do as a part-time job uh, from home? Uh, today you can work anywhere in the world. Uh, Why are we so stuck with finding opportunity? Um, I, I just think most people are lazy. And again, it's, it's not, money's not high in your value system. And I, I don't mean it to be insulting. I'm saying I, I, I'm just saying generally humans are, are lazy. So I, I think that what you're saying about money's not high in your value system is a very I- important point. And I, and I want to share with you, after the last uh, you know interview I had with you guys, I was, as part of my work, I was speaking to a student, and I spoke to them about, it was a few weeks ago, and speaking about their uh, goals and achievement, and they were taking another job, and they were feeling very stressed about it. And I said, is making money and living comfortably in 10 years from now a goal for you? And they said, yes, definitely, that's the most important thing. I said, okay, so what are you doing for that goal? And I have to share this with you because this student is in a university, and we figured out together that 20% in average of their time a week is going towards studies, university, etc. 80% is not. And I asked, what is your goal and aim with the 80% of time you have left 
to earn money for the future, for your wealth. And they said, no, my aim is to get my degree and to work on my degree, and that's where I'm putting in all my efforts. I said, but you're putting in all your effort, and that's taking 20% of your time. And you're now at the peak of your abilities. You're in your early 20s. What is going on? And it was so foreign. It was a group of students afterwards, and it was so foreign to them, the idea that besides for them there was clear there's two things there's a university for the future and then they they're going to be waiter or do things to survive the month but when i asked do you ever meditate an hour a week to think of what are my goals and how am i going to find opportunity not one in the whole group said that that has ever occurred to them and these are top university students and my question to you is how did we get there i don't know how we got there i think that's a good point i have no idea um, maybe we watch too much TV. I, I don't know. Maybe some of us, uh, you know, maybe our parents have given us too much that uh, we haven't had to fight for anything. Uh, maybe we just got too comfortable. Uh, I'd probably say if I, I, mean, I can think of one or two friends that would say that um, our, our generation's just uh, had it too easy. Uh, uh, you know, I, I personally haven't, haven't had it easy. Uh, and when you don't have it easy, you know that you have to work and you, don't, you know you don't have really, really any options. Uh, the fact that you maybe got people to fall back onto you gives you an option. So it's not that important for you because it's always been given to you. So that mindset is out there, which brings us to the previous conversation we had that I'm watching youngsters today leave the house and get into relationships or not and live in the same lifestyle that they lived in their parents' home, that their parents had to build for 30 years and they're just walking into the world and expecting to live on exactly the same standard, which is completely unrealistic, but that's the reality of today. So what do we need to do to start supporting our communities, our children, our families to actually look at, at, at this differently and actually say, well, if university, I can identify as a university student if that's only using up 20% of my time. I need to do something else. I think it's a great question. I haven't really applied my mind to it. I'm a very analytical thinker, which I'm assuming you are as well. So I actually like time to try and process and digest things. But but I, I, I think it is good to be put on the spot and to try and think of an answer. Yeah, so sorry about that, but then, yeah, we need to get that that concept. So so let's look no, at I, that. I, I, I'm happy to, I mean, we don't have to park it. I'm saying I'm happy to maybe give you one or two ideas. I'm okay. saying just please excuse me because I think over time my, my thought process will probably develop and come up with maybe more practical steps. So maybe, so here's the perfect thing. Let's stop, take our ad break that we need to take, and then when we come back, we'll be back onto this. A short break, and we'll be right back. The Chai Chinuch Show is brought to you by King David Schools, the cornerstone of our community for 75 years. Why compromise on a Jewish education when your child needs a remedial school? At King David Ariel, world-class facilities, expert teachers and therapists, and multidisciplinary therapies during the school day are a given. All this, while immersed in a Jewish environment, is a privilege. Our children benefit from integrated social, sporting, and cultural activities with Victory Park Primary, while still receiving the support they need to gain confidence and thrive when they mainstream. Don't compromise. Give your child first prize in Jewish remedial education at King David Ariel. 101.9 Chai Fem Chai Baji. We are back, and right before the break, we spoke about a bit of the reality of what's happening with our time as youngsters. I wish I was one still. 
or not. I'm actually quite happy where I am. I don't know. Whatever. Going back into our topics. So I'm here with uh, Liron Mazorn. We're speaking about this concept of what can we do to start changing and shifting the thought of actually being focused on our goals of looking for opportunity. I think the first step is taking responsibility. I, I, I just sometimes wonder whether the youth are prepared to take enough responsibility and really realize what it is that they have to contribute towards. And I think that, that what you brought up earlier on about having goals is really essential. But I think people are so used to having everything done for them. Uh, like I, I look at some of the teenagers now and I find it really hard to connect with them because they, they have a certain sense of entitlement. And also I, I don't find that they really stop to see or think about what's going on. And it's not all. It's a very strong generalization about other people around them. They, they seem to be very... Um, more about themselves than anything else. And when you've got that attitude, you can't really uh, sort of grow or expand because it's all about me. And if we come back to our first foundation being a Torah perspective, uh, one of the most important Torah perspectives is Ben Adam is learning to have uh, and be connected to our fellow Jew or personal individual. Uh, and I know this specifically is a slightly more Jewish radio station, but holistically, I think that it applies to uh, Jews and non-Jews. I, I don't think it's specific a Jewish concept, but we, we've sort of lost that desire to be givers. And, and um, I think specifically for men, men are givers and women are receivers. And, and I think somewhere along the line, men have become receivers and they've forgotten about becoming givers. Which, which is a huge challenge in 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 the way the world is is, um, you know. Need meant to function, so our steps to change that would be basically going back to the roots and taking responsibility. Yes, and, and giving people more responsibility, not being so easy on our kids. You know, let, let's get them out there and let them struggle a bit because let, let them find their feet. And also, struggling isn't the worst thing possible. It's hard. It's not easy, but it does definitely build character. And it's it the best thing. Uh, we send our kids to the gym to, to sh- make their muscles stronger in, in order to get stronger. Why should their brain be different? Yes, 100%. So, um, and and I, I think also it comes back to that concept about giving. You know, if I look at my generation, my, you know, like sometimes, uh, whatever, we, I've got younger kids, but my, my friends have got older kids, and they often say, geez, like they just don't understand their kids always want them. Like they just can't seem to do anything for themselves. And I think that's because, firstly, we really love them and we really want to give to them. And our generation is a very big sense of giving. But we've also taken that sense of them becoming givers away from them. Because now if something goes wrong, they still come to us. Even when they've got their own kids, they still come to us. Would it be fair to say that one of the biggest challenges that we mm-hmm. have as parents today is that the question of giving or not has nothing to do with our realistic financial situation? And if you're going to be a provider and a giver, you need to realize you could only give and provide what you have. So if you want to give more, you better have more. And if not, then be happy with what you can give. Yes. Yes, I, I'd agree with that, definitely. And also, I think our priorities around giving are sometimes a bit mixed or, or, or messed up, if I can call, call it that. Because, for example, in, in some societies, we feel that in order to give, we have to give money or gifts or clothing. <clears throat> what about love? time and patience that's as important Uh, and again that that brings us back to the first foundation from a Torah perspective of learning to understand uh, what what, what Ben Adam Lachavaro really means 
I mean, I know, I know we're sort of focusing quite a bit on a Torah perspective today. But right. So, so let's leave some time for practical, and we are running out of time, because we didn't touch at all on the metaphysics of the money and where that goes to. So do you want to elaborate in that area a bit? Sure. There, there's a book called The Secret that really sums it out. Is our thoughts create our realities. It's actually a Torah thought as well. Okay. And, and, and that's why it's all interlinked, believe it or not. Uh, and, and that's why I've made the Torah perspective the first one. But if we don't have a positive outline, we're not thinking positively, but we're always saying, geez, um, this is going to happen, or, or we feel uh, we're not going to, geez, I can't even think of it. It can be any example. Um, if you don't have your mind right and your thought process right about where you see yourself in the next couple of years or how you see your life panning out, you can't be surprised when your life doesn't pan out the way you want it to because you're more focused on negativity than on positivity. Isn't that so, basic goal planning? Definitely, without a doubt. Because again, it's our thoughts create our reality. So, so if, if we don't, I don't have something that I'm focusing on or putting my positivity towards or feeling, you know, I, I'll give you a fascinating thing. I heard it from Adrian Gord at one of his talks. And sorry for interrupting you, Rolf. No, no, but, go ahead. He, he, he said, you know, the most amazing thing about the Chinese is that they're always building. But the brilliance for a society is that it helps them always have something to look forward to because they see constant growth. So things are moving in a positive direction. You look at South Africa, things are often very stagnant or it's taking years and years for things to be built or things start falling apart and it feels like there's no hope because, well, what's the future? Whereas the Chinese are saying, well, let's just build these great cities. We'll move people in. Okay, in hindsight, maybe it wasn't the best idea. But they're still creating an environment where people are always thinking about the future and looking forward towards the future. And that ties in very much with what you're saying in terms around goals. Completely. And I actually would want to talk a bit more about that. However, just because of time reasons, the the practical side that you spoke in the middle. So you spoke about, you know, putting a certain amount for savings, a certain amount. What are the other practical areas that we're looking at? Okay, so we said that there was the first part of the money formula. Let, let's look at the second part of the money formula. I'm going to go say the first part again and then bring it in to the second part for anybody that's just joined us. Okay. <clears throat> and, and, and at the same time, I'm also going to ask, answer your question about the person that's got 20,000 oh, grand. Okay. So the first part of the money formula says 10% of what I earn goes to savings. 10% goes to charity, 20% goes to debt, and 60% is what I live off. That's part one. Part two says the 10% that's going to savings needs to increase at a further 10% every quarter until I'm saving between 30 to 50% of what I earn. That's, that's the second part because we're asking what the practical... So again, the second part is? 10%, the 10% that's going towards savings... Okay. Needs to increase at a further 10% every quarter until I'm saving between 30 to 50% of what I earn. That's after you finish your 20% debt? Uh, not even. It's saying, because we said that the first part is 10% charity, 10% savings, and 20% debt, 60% you live off. That 10% that you've got to savings actually ideally needs to be 30%. But you can't bring it up to 30% on day one. But what you can do is you can build it up incrementally. As you're going through this process and this metamorphosis, okay. you, you can slowly build it up. So how does the second part of the formula work? 10% that you're putting towards savings increases at a further 10% every quarter until you're saving between 30 to 50% of what you earn. Now, what happens if you've got a situation like this person that's earning 20,000 Rand and already they're struggling? 
So the, the first part is saying it's important to understand what the fundamentals are because that's really important. If you can't, do what you can because you have to start somewhere. And every small incremental step that you take makes you automatically feel better about yourself. So the more savings you've got, the better you feel about yourself. And as you feel better about yourself over time, the more you're able to see a different consciousness and different way of being and see life from a different set of eyes. And that different set of eyes helps us create a different type of reality for ourselves. Now, we, we did say, let, let's say a person doesn't have a problem with the 20,000 and they are able to save that 30 to 50%. The second part of the formula needs to change the word from saving to investing. And then when it comes to investing, I, I like to use what I call uh, the ladder, a, a ladder methodology. And the ladder methodology says, let us start with the most tax efficient investments first at the bottom of the, the, the ladder, then build up to a six month cash reserve and then from there, you can start going up into different categories because you've got the foundations. Um, that could be, for example, buying second properties. It could be um, in, investing in a business. It could be um, investing in a new website that, that does something on a part-time basis. Uh, you know, it's sort of unlimited. Uh, but the idea is that you, you at least, again, starting to climb what I call the ladder of wealth. Uh, so, so it brings you one step closer to what you said earlier on was getting to achieving your goals. Okay, and and so that's when when how you manage your wealth. Okay, we do need to take our last ad break for today, and then when we come back, we'll start, you know, uh, summarizing and getting into Jack a short break, and we'll be right back. The Chai Chinuch Show is brought to you by King David Schools, the cornerstone of our community for seventy five years. Why compromise on a Jewish education when your child needs a remedial school? At King David Ariel, world-class facilities, expert teachers and therapists, and multidisciplinary therapies during the school day are a given. All this, while immersed in a Jewish environment, is a privilege. Our children benefit from integrated social, sporting, and cultural activities with Victory Park Primary, while still receiving the support they need to gain confidence and thrive when they mainstream. Don't compromise. Give your child first prize in Jewish remedial education at King David Ariel. 101.9. We are back at the really end of the hour. I'm here with Liron Mazor, and we're speaking about the different ways and steps in creating wealth. And as we get to the end of the hour, Leon, I want to ask you, what is your vision? What is your dream? What would you want to see happen to our children if we talk about goals? So what should be our goal as parents, as educators, as community leaders to say, this is where we want to see our community go? Uh, What I would love is for everybody to really understand and build a connection with Hashem. That's a it means different things for different people, but a relationship where we can talk to Hashem, where we can connect with Hashem, where we understand the benefit of emunah, the benefit of gratitude, and the benefit of simcha, and uh, learning to be givers, uh, just in general, and, and also learning to be happy with what we've got. So it, it sort of takes away the, the need for us to constantly feel like we're competing against other people, and to know that the only people we're competing with is each other. Uh, but I think, to me, the most exciting thing about the world is if Every one of us had a connection where we could actually physically connect and talk to Hashem. I think it would be an amazing place to be. And we'll put us on a different financial level. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So please, God, as we say, amazing. Thank yes. you. Thank you, Liron, for taking the time and being with us again, uh, which, with dedicated this show just to our discussion. I think it was extremely important, ex- extremely insightful, and I really appreciate. So thank you so much. Enjoy your break. I know in Israel you don't have too much of a break right now, 
But um, I guess your office is here in South Africa, so enjoy uh, whatever you can and keep well. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for the opportunity. Thank you and thank you to Craig for managing the show. As always, December, any time in the year, Craig is here. Sana is here making this show work. So thank you, Sana. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to the listeners that are always with us throughout everything we discuss. And keep well, enjoy your break, and we will be back next week. Please, God, Monday, 2 to 3, discuss other educational and important topics. The Chai Chinuch Show was brought to you by King David Schools, instilling Jewish values, delivering exceptional education, and inspiring a life of purpose.